Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, after a long couple of hours of taking open phones and, you know, dealing with the headlines of the day, I always like to sit back and relax and listen to Doug and Jess discuss what they're going to be talking about on the program. And it makes me realize there is still some good things left on this planet, like gardening. So we're going to get to those two giants of the garden world in just a moment. Both you can find more what they do at TribLive.com. And yes, by the way, your rooms are ready. I'll take your luggage. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the number to dial to be on the program is 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, instant access, kdkradio.com. And you can text us on the Red Automotive line, the best deal in town. We'll take the 10th caller right now to win a $25 gift certificate from the great family that is the Sorgel family out there in Wexford at 412-922-1020. So here they are, ladies and gentlemen, Doug Oster, everybodygardens.com. Jessica Wallace or TribLive.com, both of them, and another edition of The Organic Gardeners on KDKA Radio. Good morning. Well, good morning. I am Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Wallace. Lots to talk about today. We've got Talking Trees with Davey today, and I want to start off with the, the deal of the century, Jess. wasn't too long ago that you used to take your truck and drive all the way to Ohio Yep. And pick up bags of <laughs> products from Ohio Earth Food for us, for all of us organic gardeners. Well, now we can find it locally. And our favorite granular fertilizer called Revita, Han has it on sale for fourteen ninety five for a 50-pound bag. They've got a ton of it left over for the season. Uh, Lori's the manager. She said, why don't we just put it on sale? I'm telling you, this stuff, this stuff will give you an automatic green thumb. And it's completely organic. It is really good stuff. I discovered it through an organic farming friend years ago. And uh, again, I used to drive out to Hart, Hartville, I think, yep, Ohio, Hart, once a year to pick up big bags of this. So that is a great deal. Fourteen ninety five for a 50-pound bag. That's a big bag. And you can put it on anything. And that will last for like years, that bag. <laughs> depending on how what, much you use it, you might have, to, might have to give is. some to the neighbors, too. Like, there you go. You know, here's some dehydrated chicken manure for you. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If you have the right neighbor, they might be excited about that. But that is the deal of the century. That's great. And I thought you were, when you said the deal of the century, I thought you were talking about my tomatoes. Because yeah. earlier oh, we were talking about I uh, my tomatoes are going crazy this year. Just unbelievably. I have all these hair, heirlooms. I picked the biggest beefsteak tomato that I have ever picked in my life yesterday. Wow. It was gigantic. I'm a, just bigger than the f- open of my hand with fingertips and fingers and everything. It was just huge. And it's that green um, Aunt Ruby's German green, which is a green tomato with little pink stripes inside. Did you eat it yet? Uh, not yet. Not yet. But I'm, I'm going to make a batch of tomato soup again. Another batch this afternoon. How many plants did you have? great year. I have 12 plants. Um, and... I've already made a, a one big batch of tomato soup. I'll do another one today. And I've eaten so many fresh, taken them to picnics, given them to friends, given them to neighbor. Um, it's been a great year for them. I'm getting garden. some, but not like that, you know, and I've got lots of tomatoes on there. Mm. I just think over the last 20 years, as the trees have got bigger and bigger around my garden. You need to have Davey come in and trim away some of those branches. Oh, they come in plenty. <laughs> they come in plenty for. Yeah, but they come in for things that yeah. fell down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So let's talk about what's coming up. This Saturday is the Penn State Master Gardeners Garden in the Parks Field Day at both uh, North and South Park from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. That is a great event. If you ever wondered about all the different tomatoes, you could do a tomato tasting there. You know, they got all these different tomatoes. And and, uh, for other people like me, there's also garlic tasting, basil tasting. It's fun, and, you know, Master Gardeners will be there to answer your questions, talk about deer-resistant gardening, uh, again, answering all your garden questions, and they have the Penn State Creamery ice cream. Oh, nice. Yeah, so next Saturday at both parks, North Park, South Park, whichever one's closest to you, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then one more thing to talk about, two weeks from today is the Tomato and Garlic Day at Phipps. That's where you can bring your fresh produce in. It goes right to the food bank. Now, the event is free, but when you bring the produce, you also get into the uh, conservatory for free. We're trying to break a record here and get the uh, most produce that we've ever done before. I think we're into year 14, 15, somewhere in there we've been doing this, and it's important for people that are hungry to get fresh food. Uh, it's something that, that's hard for them to get. And so I know gardeners will want to come two weeks uh, at Phipps. There's lots of stuff going on. There's a, a outdoor market there. You can also, Eden Valley Garlic is going to be there, so you can get your garlic there for planting. Uh, lots of other organic goods, olive oils, pastas, breads, garlic, you, you name it, it's going to be there. I will be dishing up my ultimate garlic lover's soup and... If you've ever had it before, you know that once you taste it, um, you won't have any friends. and uh, Or all, vampires. Yes. And also, uh, the tomato mascot will be there again. Oh, you know, yay. Pay my, tw- pay my daughter the $25 to... It went up be five a tomato. Bucks. <laughs> yeah, it went up five bucks. Yeah, sure. In 14 years, it went up five bucks, right? No, yeah, I was paying my son 20 back in the day. I was going to so. say, is she still? Is Steph still wearing the same size costume that she wore all those it's years ago? Ex- so it's, it's the same, the same exact one, costume, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's in two weeks, and uh, I can't wait. That's one of my favorite, favorite events, uh, just all around tomato and, t- tomato and garlic. And boy... You know, get a, a couple tons of produce for the food bank. That's it's a good for everybody. So put that in your calendar, please. Hey, real quick, Penn State. You of course graduated from there, mm-hmm. and my daughter went on a little bit of a orientation. She just doesn't know if she's going to go there or not. But my son does go to the branch in Beaver. You know, and I was telling another Penn State graduate recently who happens to uh, do a little business in the way of taking care of a golf course, so he knows a little bit about agriculture as well. You know, you can't say enough good things about Penn State and these branch campuses. I don't think people realize. How important they are to communities. Jess. Yeah, you know what the branch campuses are, and it's. I think it's becoming increasingly difficult to get into the main campus because they want kids to go to the branch campus for a year or two and then move into right. the main campus. And I think you know when I went to school, branch campus was kind of like, oh, you know, they the branch campuses are crazy cool now. Like they've got the same technology the main has, and all that opportunities are all there. I mean, Todd Sherbandi from Davy, he started a branch campus mm-hmm. and then went to the main. Yep, and it's... I it's just like seeing that stuff. Diff- you know? It is, and it's nice to, you know, also have them close to home for a year or two before they're ready to move on. Oh, she yeah. can stay with me until she's 35, <laughs> for all I care. All right, listen, we're going to take a break and come back, take your phone calls. Uh, in the meantime, we have some lines available if you want to join us. 866-391-1020, Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com, and you can text us on the Right Automotive line, the best deal in town. Good morning. All right, if you want to talk to uh, Doug and Jess, get on the phones now, Dick Tilled. 
uh, Davy Trees Talking Trees in just about 25 minutes. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Instant Access, KDKRadio.com. And you can text us on the Red Automotive Line, the best deal in town. Let's head out to Level Green, and here's Barb on the Organic Gardeners. Good morning, Barb. Welcome to KDK Radio. Hey, Barb. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I wanted to ask you a question. Doug was talking about his peas, and I just wanted to let him know that we've been growing little marble peas for over 40 years, and this is the first year that we are still picking peas. It's They survived through all that 90-degree heat, humidity, and I froze another plant yesterday. Wow. wow. You know, I'm, but my mother used to grow little marble peas, and they're really nice because they don't need a big, giant staking system to keep them upright. That is really cool that you've had them producing for all these months. Opportunities are on the right. All right. Thank you for the call. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access. KDKRadio.com. Let's talk a little bit about your garden and where you are right now and some of the things that uh, you have enjoyed as we were talking a little earlier and also still to come. And what we should be doing as far as maintenance goes, Jess? Yeah, so the garden has been great this year. I think, you know, there, the, the, all the rain we've had is sort of a blessing and a curse all mixed together because I haven't had to guard or water very much in the garden at all. The in-ground garden, my vegetable garden, I haven't watered a single time, which is really unusual uh, for this time of year. But, uh, you know, and it's been producing really well. I've been picking beans like I'm a little tired of picking beans, actually, which has been crazy. And it's mostly, you know, harvest <laughs> going on right food. now. And um, a lot of maintenance chores like deadheading and pruning and all those types of things are happening right now as well. How about in your garden, Doug? You have a lot going on. It's been, you know, it's a good year. Again, you know, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. I I picked some some good tomatoes, but not like in the numbers I've been seeing out there. But cucumbers uh, and then the fertilizing of the containers. That's made a big difference for me. You know, putting that grow from Espoma on there. Boy, they just go nuts. The only thing that has hit now... Uh, impatient downy mildew. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, oh. I've been planting impatience as I normally would, assuming that I wouldn't get it until September. Mm-hmm. But it's already hit, so I don't know what's going to happen. I only planted those sun patients this year in my garden, and they're resistant to yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a particular brand. They're called Sun Patients, and they have a little bit of a darker leaf to them. Kind of um, like a New Guinea impatient. A little bit like a New Guinea, but not quite yeah. as dark as a New Guinea. And I've they have always some had good with luck with stripes. those. Yeah, and the Sun Patients are great because they don't. I do them some in a, some shady containers, and they don't get that, that uh, impatient downy mildew. And I just don't like to take the risk. Like, I love regular yeah. impatients, but I don't want to risk... At this time, them just going to pot. Yeah, you know? in my garden, you know, a big part of the containers are those impatience. Yeah. And for the past two or three seasons, it's been not till mid or end of September. Mm-hmm. So I am going to have to rethink it. I actually picked up a few sun patients, uh, cheap as always, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the nursery and stuck them in. So I don't know what I'm going to do as these fade away. You know, I'm going to have to find something, some begonias or some patients or something like that to stick in there for the rest of the season. Well, watch your begonias because I have to say I've always touted begonias as being deer resistant because I've never had a problem in all the gardens I used to take care of with um, my, my gardening company years ago. Never, ever, even in areas of high deer pressure, did we ever have deer eating begonias. And this year... They mm. ate both my Rex begonias and Jeez. my dragon wing begonias and the bonfire begonias. They all got 
nibble down wow. to the nub. So I don't know if I just have a deer that's experimenting and, you know, getting to know plants and, you know, maybe didn't have a mother around to teach it what's what's safe to eat and what's not. But uh, they've been nibbled down and the deer were aw- gone for a little while and now they're back. They got in the vegetable garden the other night. Uh. So that's just heartbreaking. All my beautiful Swiss chard just uh. eaten down to the nub. Well, that's one thing. At um, yeah. least they have not gotten into my vegetable garden. That's one good thing. But I saw uh, when I was walking up the drive the other day, two little babies, and I'm like, okay, where's the doe? You know, and finally yeah. see the doe, and the doe finally sees me and doesn't really care until I get too close. And it's just like, let's go, guys. Come on. Yeah. We'll go up towards the edge of the garden and nibble before nibble he gets up here. <laughs> We're going to nibble before he arrives. So, yeah, it's... um. It's been a good year, actually, for the for the vegetable garden at my the house. Ra- the rain has been amazing. Yeah. Did you see the picture I posted on Instagram of those uh, beans that I'm growing? Mm-hmm. Those heirloom um, dragon tongue beans. They are lo- sort of like a creamy white with purple stripes on nice. the outside of them. And they are just absolutely beautiful. They're super delicious and nice and crisp. When you cook them, they turn like a yellow. But uh, the and the plants, I just have three tiny rows, and the, I've already frozen so many of them. It's an extremely productive variety. The other thing Love that I'm, I'm doing is is planting for the fall mm-hmm. in, the veg- in the vegetable garden. I put some arugula, some lettuce in. I've got some beds open that I'm going to slowly fill up here as we get to the end of the season. You know, I would like to extend the season and continue to grow. Uh, yellow torch has started blooming. The mm-hmm. Tithonia. Uh, any of yours yellow? Or are they all orange? They're all both orange. Yeah, wow. the Mexican. Only two of them made it. The Mexican sunflowers. I've both got about four orange. or five, and I'm thinking they're all going to be yellow. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> they're great. The butterflies. We have had an incredible number of butterflies in our garden this year. Um, yesterday, I saw several monarchs. We have. I have not seen a red spotted purple in my garden for probably four or five years, and we've had them almost every day. In the, I don't know if it's the same one that I'm seeing or if it's different ones. Bunch of those, all kinds of tiger swallowtails, eastern black swallowtails. Um, I posted a video on uh, the Savvy Gardening Facebook page of some really cool eight spotted forester that I nice. moth that I had. It looks like a butterfly, but it's actually a moth that I had never seen before in my life. On my Shasta daisies, uh, and it's there. That's like the third species that I actually had to go Google because I didn't know what the heck they were. I'd never seen them before. That's always exciting. Uh, the cannas that I grew from seed, the All America Selection winners, South Pacific Orange, uh, have started blooming. That's that's thrilling to start a canna from seed and get it to bloom, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you don't have enough sun to make it bloom. But it's blooming, so uh, that's been fun. Uh, I wonder, I'll have to see, we're probably going to make a nice tuber and maybe I'll save it. We'll see what happens there. But uh, it has been a wonderful season and I want it to continue. You know, I want to keep planting. I'm clearing out my uh, coal frames uh, to get those ready, fill those up with compost. I did have a question uh, people asked me because they saw the video of me planting the lettuce and the arugula of planting directly in compost, which is something I like to do. I like to put, uh, you know, a layer after layer after layer of compost over the years, mm-hmm. and I'll just put out a you know a, an inch of compost on top of the the garden, and then just throw the seeds right in there. And the uh, things like lettuce and arugula, as soon as they sprout, they're going to go nuts because they're going to have everything they need in that compost. Eight six six three nine one ten twenty dollar bank instant access kdkradio.com. and I think we have time that we can talk to Tina. We've got about two minutes left before the break. Tina, good morning. Welcome to KDK Radio. How are you? Hi, thank you. I'm good. How are you? 
We're doing good. What's on your mind? Good. Um, I just have a quick question. Is it too early to plant garlic? Well, usually I don't. I wait until October. That's that's the best time. But then I have friends that actually will pull it and plant it right away. Hmm. Plant it in July. I think the the most success I've ever had. Well, the only way I do it now is planting that second week of October. Uh, but if you had some and you wanted to experiment with it, I don't think there'd be anything wrong with with putting it in. But it, it's going to sprout. I mean, that's the thing. Yep. Even when you plant in October, it sprouts. But again. Everybody does it a little bit different. Uh, I've my best way I've ever done it second week of October and sometimes later, you know, depending. I on actually like... got some. I got some real nice heads of garlic from the farm market, and where where I always get it. But um, should I put something on top of it? What other I, than like straw. Yeah, or... yeah. Well, so make sure if you if you're gonna hold off until October to plant those bulbs, put them put them in a brown paper bag in a dark cupboard and just let them sit there until October when it's time to plant them. And then when you do plant oh. them, I think both Doug and I love to use straw. Definitely um, straw mulch, just maybe two inches of of straw mulch over the bed after you plant them. And like okay. he said, they might sprout this this later this season, or they may not, depending on when you get to plant them and what the weather conditions are like. But they'll come; they'll poke they'll right up back. through the straw. Yeah, and then they'll return. And then and I, I, I heard people that last season did not mulch, and we had such a, a terrible winter. They had either small bulbs or no garlic. You know, you gotta you gotta have that nice blanket of straw. Anything else? I nope. think it'd be a kind of a fun exper- experiment to see the garlic uh, planted early and see what it does. Uh, if you had multiple heads, you could do that. You could try planting some now and try, you know, holding off on some for October. It'd be an interesting experiment. Yeah, see how it does. All right, Dick Till, Davy Trees, Talking Trees, within a couple of moments. Plus, we've got CBS Radio News moments away. And then the uh, Coons Cooking Hour. Next hour is uh, rotisserie chicken recipes, heifer and Tillotson's Your Money and You, and of course the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. Stay with us, folks. If you'd like to join the crew, give us a call, 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com, and you can text them on the right automotive line, the best deal in town. Good morning. We are with Dick Till from Davey Tree, and Dick, I want to start off with uh, something that happened to a friend of a friend, door-to-door tree cutters, you know, yeah. who... To me, it looked like they were cutting down a perfectly good, <laughs> beautiful crimson Perfect maple. Tree. Yeah, yeah, you got to be a little wary. The ones go door to door looking for business, and uh, you know they're trying to scare people. If they have a nice, big, healthy tree, even though it's tall, they tell, "Oh, you should cut the top off of that tree before it falls on your house." And uh, you got to just figure if somebody's going door to door trying to drum up business. Yeah, they're probably not too reputable to begin with. Yeah, I just I just wanted to warn people about that. So it's been quite a season for the tree industry, right, yeah. with all this rain. Yeah, we've been so busy, and uh, people are afraid. You know, the ground's still saturated. We've had so much rain this year, and there are a lot of leaning trees. And, um, you know, even when the storms blow through, you know, these crazy storms we've been having mm-hmm. come through so quick, and the wind blows so hard. You know, any weakened branches, even healthy branches, if they start blowing one way and the wind switches and blows the other way, trees are snapping. So a lot of people want trees inspected, and that's why it's good to have a certified arborist because, you know, we're all trained in everything from the tree ID, the dendrology part of it, which is where everything starts. you got to know what kind of tree you're dealing with so you know how to treat the tree. And then 
you know, we all know about the physiology, how the tree works, you know, taking the moisture and nutrients up and making the food and sending it back down, and then all the pathology, all the diseases, the entomology, the insects, but, you know, it all starts with what kind of tree you're dealing with, and a lot of those door-to-door guys don't even know what kind of tree they're climbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about pests and diseases. What are you guys seeing out there? Well, this year with all the rain and, you know, then when it quits raining, it's just real hot and humid. So a lot of the moisture in the air is just ideal conditions for all the different fungi. And there's certain diseases, a lot of diseases go in cycles. <clears throat> and we haven't seen, uh, it's needle cast. It's been getting worse the past couple of years this year. If anybody has a Douglas fir and even a lot of spruce trees that are susceptible to needle cast, and there's different variants of the needle cast too, but um, if they're not treated early in the season, the needles are just falling off. And then all the regular apple scab diseases on apples and crab apples. Yeah, my crab apples bad. look blah. Yeah, and unless they're treated early on the new leaves coming out of the buds, it's too late now you gotta yeah. wait till next year but that doesn't mean the tree is dead and it's important no. people understand that if they're dropping leaves if they look so good that doesn't mean you need to cut them down right exactly <laughs> it yeah, means you need to be on it next year right yeah and yeah. you'll see the buds even when the leaves are falling off all the trees and shrubs have already made their leaf buds for next year mm-hmm. it just weakens the tree because you know they make their own food from the leaves photosynthesizing the food sending it down to the tree so you're losing leaves early, then you're losing all the food-making potential, and it'll weaken them. Year after year, it'll eventually cause problems. And then when the trees are stressed like that, then they're more susceptible to other diseases and insect problems. Is, I, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I have a question about a pest that I know I'm going to hear about because I often get a lot of emails. Within the next couple of weeks, we're going to start to see fall webworms. Mm-hmm. Tell us about those. What are the signs of them, and what, if anything, should people do to manage them? Yeah, you'll usually see those on like honey locust trees, mimosa trees, um, and they're totally different from the tent caterpillars you see in the springtime. The webworms make their webs over the ends of the branches, and they feed on the inside of their web there, so they're real hard to treat. But this time of year, the leaves have pretty much done their part and made food for the roots and for the plants, so... Even if you got them, it's more of an aesthetic problem. It's not going to kill the tree or weaken it too much. So if you see those tents uh, of webbing in the trees this time of year, not really anything to worry about. Not really, unless okay. it's really covering the whole tree. Okay. And you can get them treated. But, again, you know, they feed on the inside of their webs. Mm-hmm. They stay so, sheltered in there. Yeah, yeah. And they're harder to treat, whereas in the Birds spring. Birds can't get to them either, right? Yeah. Well, they can, you know, they'll Pick go apart through, the, yeah. yeah. But in the springtime, they've tent caterpillars make their nests in the crotches of trees, and then they got to come out to feed. So that's why they're easier to treat for. Okay. So positives of the rain for, for trees? Is there some positives here? Oh, yeah. Everything's growing like crazy. You know, everything's putting on a lot of new growth, and all that new growth is making extra leaves, and the extra leaves are making more food for the roots. So everything's growing like crazy. But then we have all that new succulent growth, and you got all the sucking insects that are out there, the mites <laughs> and the aphids and the mm-hmm. lace bugs, and they all have gone crazy this year, also. Yeah, just talk about if you're looking at your tree, how do you how do you know if you're go, if you have aphids, lace bugs, or other sucking insects? Well, a lot of them, like the aphids and scales, uh, when they're sucking the juice out of the leaves, their bodies use the starches for food, and then what they excrete is basically sugar water. And if you have your car parked underneath 
and they're dripping all that stuff on your windshield. It's real sticky, and it's basically sugar water. Then if it's falling on other plants or leaves below, if you have pachysandra that's turning black, it's called sooty mold that grows on the sugar water that's mm. coming from the aphids and the scales. That's always a sign that something's going up on your tree, right? right? When you see that sticky sheen or that black sooty mold right. on a plant underneath, and you're like, uh-oh, yep, there's yep. trouble up there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah we get calls <clears throat> that the pachysandra is something wrong with the pachysandra, but it's up above the pachysandra. So I had the guys from Davy Tree come out because I had an oak tree, which took down a pine tree uh, and hit the house, but it also crushed a really nice flowering crab. And so we, the three of us were standing there looking at that flowering crab, and I said, listen, it's small enough that if this doesn't work, I can take it out. But for now, you think if you just cut this off and do that? and he, Try to save it. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, it's going to look funny, but let's give it a try, yeah. you know. Yeah, and those crab apples and apples are survivors. And when you see how apple trees in an orchard look, you know, they torture them, cutting them back. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. That's the only ones you really have to top to keep them producing fruit. <clears throat> well, I'm I'm hoping this tree makes it. I actually took a sucker uh, years ago and and got it to to root somewhere mm-hmm. else in the in the in the landscape but uh this one is a special one you can see it right out the kitchen window so i'm sitting there in my apron doing my dishes i can good uh, man <laughs> <laughs> i can look at my beautiful uh flowering crab apple tree yeah and i have one in my yard that's about 30 feet tall right now and it was grown in a client's bed and it was about three or four feet tall um, it was just a volunteer, and he said, just rip it out of there. So I ripped it out with the roots and stuck it in my yard. Now it's 30 feet tall, nice. and it's doing well. But it does get the apple scab and yeah. and all the different, you know, the powdery mildew that's all over lilacs and everything else nowadays. The disease has just been going crazy. For more information about Davy Tree or ask what's going on with your trees, go to www.davy.com slash KDKA. And don't forget, you can always call the experts at Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. Dick, stick around. I see we already have one tree question. If you have a tree question, give us a call. All right, 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Kinston Access, KDKRadio.com. Or you can text us on the right automotive line, the best deal in town. Good morning. Hey, listen, real heroes, people that climb those trees for Davy Trees, the climbing competition. I was just telling Dick Till, I was checking it out on Facebook. And these are amazing athletes, workers, uh, these people who do this every day. So you actually were in some of those competitions years ago, Dick? Yeah, when they first started doing them. Well, um, 18, what what year was it? 18? Uh, <laughs> they started in 1880. He was there in 82. No, I'm just, 1982. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, that's uh, started years ago, you know, all the workers, it was always like within the same company or office you know who's the best climber and well now they have actual competitions and there's national competition you know for world champions and you have to you're on a timer you have to climb through the tree and you know ring bells out on the ends of branches and you have to walk out branches and not have the string underneath hit the ground and you know it's all on speed and how fast and efficient and all the safety standards have to be adhered to and it's a pretty intense competition. 
Those are people that you know don't worry about calories. You know, <laughs> they're real heroes to me. I think. Yeah, I, they don't worry about calories like you and I. Exactly, do. exactly. <laughs> right. All right, listen. Obsessing over everyone. Anyway, we, we love what Davy Tree does. So, in the meantime, let's get back to uh, Doug and Jess. We actually have a question about a cherry tree. So, where would you like to go, uh, Mister? Let's uh, talk Oster? to Carol. All right, here, Carol. How you doing? Good morning. Welcome to KDK Radio. Good morning, everyone. Um, we have a, a weeping cherry. I think it's one of those grafted mm-hmm. type of trees. And um, it needs to be trimmed or pre, maybe possibly pretty drastically pruned. Can we do that now or do I have to wait till spring? Or no, you And can, how much can I take? Yeah, you can prune them now. The main thing with those weeping cherries is you want to keep the weeping form uh, if some of the lateral branches yeah. start going vertical, um, you just want to cut them all the way back to where the branches weep, uh, weep down. Um, you know, it has okay. if it has wild ends sticking out, you can just cut it back to another lateral branch. You know, don't leave any stubs. But the main thing is just keep the weeping form. Those are tricky to okay. prune. Yeah, and you, all right, you just have to keep an eye. You know, you. You just don't want anything going vertical or horizontal to keep the weeping form. Just reduce them, and you know the best thing is to have somebody, you know, certified arborist take a look at it and tell you what the best thing is for your tree. There. Okay, can I do some trimming on my own until I can uh, get in touch with an arborist to, to give me the tips, or yeah, you know what they, I mean. They, I do have some some. Um, it's it's like a probably a 12-foot tree, and there are some that, limbs that appear to be um, dead on it. Well, and it, you know, one thing is that I always like to say is you can't undo bad pruning. <laughs> That's you true. You know what I mean? You can yeah. always take more off down the line, but you can't undo bad pruning. So if you're unsure about any of it, mm-hmm. it is always best to have a certified arborist and come and take a come look. Come out for free, you know? Yeah. And, and you can wait now. The tree oh. is pretty much done growing for the year, so it's going to look this way until next spring. And that pruning could be done anytime through that dormant season, right? right. So anytime yeah. from now until probably early March would be an okay time to get that pruning done. So you have lots of time for that Good to window, happen. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay, I don't need to worry about any disease or anything like that. If I anything no. like if I cut a limb off, I don't need to worry about something um getting into the to the main main tree trunk or anything well that's why it'd be a good idea to wait a little bit you know when the weather gets colder and the diseases aren't as active and the insects aren't as active it's a little better to do it when it's when the tree is dormant okay the other thing i found thank you thank you carol Carol. the other thing i found with that and dick i don't know if this is true but this is what i've always um read and uh, assumed to be true and maybe it's not but when you have a tree like that where you have a real vertical branch growing out that obviously needs to be cut off and you cut that off at the top of the tree and you're cut you're making a flush cut right Right. so it's a flush cut and then water when it rains and rainwater will sit on that flush cut unlike a cut that you know is more vertical or even on a diagonal where the excess of water will run off but when you have a flat cut like that does that open up you know the chance of disease more because the water's sitting on it um it can but for water to sit on, it would have to be almost perfectly horizontal. Mm-hmm. Even if it's on a little bit of an angle, the water is going to roll off. Okay. And you don't want to paint it with the tar like we used to right. do. Right, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That'll seal in moisture and so forth. But you know, if it's just better to leave it open and let, let it callous over on its own. And, um, 
like I said, it's it's rare to have something so horizontal that the water is just going to stay on there. Okay. You have to use your leveler when you make that cut, right? <laughs> yeah. In fact, on that uh, flowering crab, it, it it looks almost flat, but you can see there's just a little bit of a, a little angle, a little, little tilt, little yeah. Be, yeah, to keep that water off there. I hope that tree makes it. We'll see. Yeah, unless you have a cavity or a little rotten spot in there for the water to puddle <laughs> up, you know, then you could fill it in with insulation foam or something to help keep the water out of it. Oh, really? You could do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. And we do that with cavities in the side of a tree. You know, people used to film with cement and stuff like that. Well, yeah. eventually you got to cut them down, and that cement's pretty rough on chainsaws. So now we use <laughs> insulation foam. So that spray foam stuff. Yeah, they just mm. spray it in there, and usually it expands so much it'll bubble out of the hole. Yeah. And you just, once it, it's dry, go out there with a sharp knife or even a hacksaw blade and just cut it off flush with the side of the tree and... You can even paint that black, and it's hardly noticeable. But you only do that when it's really dry weather conditions, right? Because you don't want to end up trapping moisture in there when you do something like that. Yeah, it's good okay. to have, have it pretty dry. When you and that's also it. good to have an arborist do that instead of doing it yourself so that you don't do it wrong. Right. Right. I couldn't imagine doing that myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it works out pretty good because the concrete, anything you put in there doesn't add any strength to the tree, any structural strength. The main reason is to have a surface for the callus to grow over so that insulation foam does the same thing as the cement and it's a lot easier to cut through that where'd you learn all this at dick did you go to college arborist school i know but this is amazing (laughs) whoever thought that many things could go on in a tree you know besides leaves been doing it for over 35 years so just and it looks it (laughs) <laughs> oh, you. you're so no, hard. Let me tell you something. You don't, you don't see him when, when he comes from the first floor. Like us, we're sucking air. Oh, what do you mean first floor? First stair. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, we have got about 30 seconds, and you two can say goodbye. So 30 seconds, all yours. Well, Jess is, is struggling with all the critters uh, in her garden, and that's just uh, so frustrating with squirrels, it's, deer, and, it's and very everything. very disheartening. All the squirrels are terrible. But remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.